This is the Genuine Joy Podcast, where we dig deeper into how we attempt to find true happiness while navigating life. We're your hosts, Matt. And Kelsey. And we're bringing you 100% organic and sustainable amateur advice to brighten your day and maybe even help you look at the world a little differently. That song has been stuck in my head for a while. <laughs> it's, it's in a commercial, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't I remember. Like it has, I think it's in some fun, a funny commercial. <laughs> What's the name of the song? Uh, the name of the song is Stand By. I'm Never Gonna Dance Again. Oh, yeah. By George Michael. Ooh, what yes. a good one. Yes. Oh. Oh, <laughs> the name of the song. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I heard it in Home Depot or something like that when I was shopping around. It's kind of been in my head ever since. <laughs> uh, I saw a video of this guy being like, I'm a tough guy. Like, I work in construction. I'm like saying all these things about like how he's so tough. And he's like, but when I lay my head in bed at night, all I hear is um, that part of the Encanto song. She's like, Which part? I know. Hold on, let me think, let me think, let me think. Is it the Family Madrigal song? No, it's the, we don't talk about Bruno, but it's okay. when um, the gal that hears everything. Uh-huh. Oh my God. It's going to kill me. It's going to absolutely kill me. I need to know. God dang it. Isabella, your boyfriend's here. Close. Time for Close. dinner. We don't talk about blue, no, no, no. Oh, that. He yes. told me that the life of my... He's like, you know, I'm a macho guy. I work in construction. <laughs> he told me that the man of my dreams. <laughs> Betrothed to another. Oh, that's so good. Man. Hey, sis. There's not anything that can't be solved with Encanto. I know. Like Milo's face. When we oh, start playing, he lights up when he's we so start playing that song. And he also loves My Little Pony soundtrack, which is a banger. <laughs> it is good. For those of you who have not seen the My Little Pony movie, Next don't worry. We have not seen it from start to beginning I either. I watched it the first like 30 minutes and then I just like bow out every time. And every time I look over when she's watching it, I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that it's part a new before. Part, yeah. And she's seen it multiple, multiple, multiple times, but I still have yet to see it from start to start to I finish. I know. We should watch it. Because like, do you ever it's think? It's terrible. I feel like people sometimes screen every movie before their kids see it, which like, who has time for that? <laughs> and who like wants to watch the kids' movies, whatever. But Sometimes I think, like, I wonder if there's, like, something horrible in this that we're just not even seeing and that maybe we should. Oh, maybe. Spam, spam risk is calling oh. me. It's a very important call. Don't answer. I won't. Don't answer. <laughs> I, I trust those spam risks and telemarketer things so much, but one time it said, like, telemarketer, and then the, the voicemail was, like, my dentist. And I'm like, oh. that's wrong. And then sometimes it says the number and I answer and it's a telemarketer, so... Yeah can't trust That's anyone kind of what i go off of it is if it's important enough or somebody's really trying to get a hold of me they'll leave a message right same that's how i feel about anyone that calls me right if you don't leave a message you don't need to be called back right exactly <laughs> or a text along with it you yeah. know like hey sorry i just called you know whatever yeah if you just call and don't leave a message my assumption is you were like driving somewhere and wanted a quick chat but you don't really have anything to say right i agree anyways riveting stuff going on this week right <laughs> um it's i feel like i'm very happy today it's a good day today it is a good day the sun is shining we, we live in southern california if you don't know and it's gonna be a high of 87 today Ooh, which means 95 um and then it's gonna go back down and like rain on monday but oh boy but we're gonna enjoy the weather today yeah i love it, it makes me very happy it brings maybe, me joy maybe go in the spa today i don't know <laughs> sometimes i think we should heat the spa to like just 80 just like if it's a hot day what no 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 to, like, this bar is meant it to, be needs hot. to be hot but even on a hot day 
Yeah. Yeah. And then you pour a plunge a hot in the day, pool. Yeah, you get in the pool. How, what's the, what was the temp at the pool yesterday? Uh, sixty-eight. Okay, it's getting up there. Yeah, it is. It used to be fifty-eight, mm. right? It was mm. fifty-two at one point. Wow, it's freezing. Icicles. <laughs> um, what brought you joy this week, Matthew? Um, I. <laughs> So yesterday... You're going to steal mine. I knew it. (laughs) Fine. So I have a a, a gas-operated weed whacker that you can put different attachments on it, and one of them is a leaf blower. Well, I was at work for a long time. Five days. (laughs) Yeah. And Kelsey called me asking how to operate it and it's kind of tricky because it's a it's a two-stroke motor and for if you don't know how to operate it like it's very tough to explain and like when i looked at it i'm like there's buttons and levers and if i press the Uh wrong thing i think this is going to explode in my face yeah so i'm like all right i you know what it's time to move on and get an electric leaf blower so i went to home depot with milo picked one up and then ended up using it yesterday afternoon and then (laughs) we were making dinner and i pulled the leaf blower out and i was just you know kind of blowing some stuff around like you know, just kind of tidying up, I guess. And then I got the bright idea to use it in Ruthie's face. <laughs> she loved it. <laughs> she loved it. <laughs> and then, of course, being a dad, I turned it on myself, and we got some funny videos. And so Ruthie funny. was dying laughing. It was, you know, using the leaf blower on her. And there's a fine line because Milo it. was terrified of it. Yeah, Milo doesn't like the sound of, like, vacuums or any loud sounds like that. So... Sometimes he would cry, but I think that he saw that we were having fun with it, and he kind of was like, oh, okay, all right. He tolerated it, but mm-hmm. it would, it was uh, some good father-daughter moments that I had yesterday so with cute. that <laughs> stupid leaf blower. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I was going to say that brought me a, a lot of joy, too. Like, her face, she was so happy. And yeah. then you were, like, chasing her around the backyard, mm-hmm. and Matt does this thing where he, like, fake runs into walls <laughs> and, like, that. smacks it with his hand, but pretends it's his head hitting it, and, like... Ruth loves it so much and he did it and I thought he really hit the thing because like I am a sucker and so I'm like oh my god and he's like it's fine I'm kidding um and Ruth didn't see it so Ruth was looking at me like what's so funny and Matt was like I'll show you go over there and so he's like I'm gonna get you trying to reenact what he did and she kept running away thinking he was gonna do it she's like he's like no I'm trying to show you myself smacking myself into the pole just stay there and watch and she kept running away yeah you had to be there. <laughs> but that was pretty funny. And you know what? That just made me think of um, Milo being afraid of that thing. He also, I didn't tell you this, the other day, um, the kids were watching Zootopia. Okay. R- Ruth was really watching it. All right. And he was sitting there at the beginning. He sits for like 10 minutes maybe. And um, you know at the beginning when Gideon the fox, mm-hmm. when she when she's little, like, like yeah. hits her in the face, He that scene, he freaked out like it's a a scary scene it is and he screamed freaked out and then um you know he watched and i picked him up and he didn't really watch for a while and then i sat him back down later in the movie and you know when like that um is it a jaguar or it's a the otter the jaguar is it a jaguar that runs after them um oh yeah yeah yeah. is that what it is or a panther maybe panther yeah um who runs after them when it's like raining and Mm -hmm. stuff outside um he was fine. Like, he was barely watching. You know, he was, like, kind of on the couch next to Ruth, though. And Ruth turns to him and is like, Milo, this is a scary part. Don't watch. Oh, and I like, didn't know that. Yeah, it was so cute. <laughs> oh, she's such a good big sis. She is. Um, but now They do my... have a really good relationship. I know. They're getting cuter and cuter. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, Anyways. My joy now that you stole mine, I'm thinking. It can be um, the same thing. Well, it, it is, but I also have another one. Okay. They're always about our kids. I know. Whatever. It's fine. Um, <laughs> my kids are a TikTok video. Um, so this weekend when Matt was working, my um, mom and sister and her family and family friends that we have all went to this beach that has this big grassy area that overlooks the water. It's so pretty. And um, we were there having like dinner and chatting and playing. And um, Milo looked like a little grandpa with his like jeans and sweater. <laughs> and Milo loves dogs, like lights up around any animal really, but dogs especially. And I had him on my lap. I was sitting in like a beach chair basically on the grass and he was in my lap. And so he was looking behind me, like kind of standing on my lap. And there was a big dog behind us with this, with the owner and the owner was like on the, on 
the phone sitting down and he sees this dog and he's freaking out he's like <gasps> like squealing and screeching and so excited so i put him down on the ground and he books it to this dog and i have to go over and like keep taking him away because the owner like was on his phone and like you know busy like not paying attention mm-hmm. so i didn't want to bother him but he was just like clapping and squealing and he starts going ooh, ooh, like making it like a dog Aww. sound oh my god it was so cute so cute brought me That's so much awesome. joy yeah really cute anyways I didn't really have anything that made me too mad this week. I don't think. Nothing notable. Yeah, same here. So that's good. We don't need to talk about... Grinding gears every single time. Um, (laughs) But the other issue with this week is that Matt worked so much that we didn't really watch many shows. And the two... You're home for three days right now. The one night you were home, we had friends over. So we played games, which was super fun. That was fun and had drinks and that dinner. Was a, and that was a joyful time, too. That was really fun. Yeah. And last night, we watched Pam and Tommy, mm-hmm. which we're still work, working our way through. It's not like a high priority on our to-do list, but right now we have nothing else really to watch. So we watched that. It's good. I mean, I really like it's engaging and stuff. It's just, I don't know. What do you think? I, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm so used to seeing seth rogan in like a comedic right role and he has not been like in that comedic role so far yeah if you don't know it's kind of weird to see him not being funny yeah but and he and he's like a character you don't like but he's also like it's one of those characters where you really want to really hate him but they also give you reasons to justify what he's doing exactly doesn't really justify it right um if you don't know pam and tommy is about pavel anderson and tommy lee their like beginning of relationship and how their sex tape got stolen out of a leaked um safe and leaked and just how that all happened and went down on the guy who stole it and everything yeah um so the guy who stole it is seth rogan so he's like a bad guy but he's also tommy lee wasn't nice to him it's a whole thing yeah um watch it but it's good we're entertained by it yeah it's good (laughs) it's good and i've still been watching secret life of the american teenager when you're at work (laughs) It's just great. Anyways, um, this week, what are we talking about? Careers. Careers. What we do. Exactly. Matt and I are very fortunate to love what we do. Mm-hmm. And we know that's not the case for everybody, but we love our jobs. And if you don't know, I'm a food blogger. <laughs> <laughs> I barely remember that most days. Um, and I started my blog in 2012, almost 10 years ago. We need to have a party. Yeah, we do. In May of 2012, I graduated college in 2011 then living at home and was like i loved following blogs there was only a few back then there was like joy the baker and pioneer woman mm-hmm. <laughs> you know a few yeah. a few big ones that like it was actually their career um so i was like oh i'll start one and at the beginning it was baking crafting and life because <laughs> i loved like little <laughs> diy projects and looking back on them now i'm like embarrassed but tis you know being young and i don't know at the time it was good stuff for me to do um but yeah, over the years, if you followed along with me, I've gone to healthy eating and now I have a balance of food and all that stuff. But it's been 10 years and it was back in 2016 when I actually made it my full-time job. The beginning of 2016, I was making some money, but not like a huge amount. And I was like, this is the year that I do it. And by November of that year, I quit my job. And um, one of the questions I got, I opened it up on Instagram for questions. And one of the questions I got was like, when did you feel like you were ready to leave your full-time job? And honestly, it wasn't until I was making more on my blog than I was at my full-time job. Yeah. So I was making, you told me that. Yeah. I think I was making at the time, like 45,000 or 52,000 or something Something at my job. Um, And once I got over that, I was like, peace, I'm out of here. Cause I knew if I had, the amount of time that I have for my full-time job to commit to this, like how much it could grow. Um, because yeah, at the beginning it was a lot of working weekends, working nights. And luckily we were at the time in our lives where we didn't have kids yet. You were working a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of that stretch, you were in paramedic school, so you were just gone. So I was like alone. And fire academy. And fire academy. So it like timing wise really worked out for me to be able to commit a ton of time to because it is so much work to get things up and running. Um, and especially today, like I I feel like anyone can grow today, especially like with TikTok. I see new people pop up there all the time that grow rapidly. You get one one or two viral videos and like you grow really fast. Mm-hmm. Um and it's interesting too because I've seen in the TikTok world a lot of them have like millions of followers on TikTok, but like 
20,000 followers on Instagram because a lot of people on TikTok just don't really like Instagram or something. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, but then some have millions on both. So yeah, I'm, I'm the whole industry is really interesting to be in because you have to keep up with these trends. You have to keep doing what's new and exciting to keep people interested. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, even what's the viewership on your Facebook versus your Instagram? Oh, nothing. I, I used to have my mom work for me and post on Facebook and literally everything got like two views. So I'm like, don't even put time into it. It's not worth it. And yeah. so we don't even post on Facebook anymore. Uh, crazy. Um, but I'm going to read through some of these questions to kind of keep, get my mind on track. Um, <laughs> we'll start with me and then go to you. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, this is your blog. <laughs> this podcast is ours though. Yeah, um, someone said, what made you want to be a food blogger? And I kind of touched on this earlier and it basically just, I loved following food blogs and I love to cook. I've always loved to cook mm -hmm. in college. I worked at a bakery cause I thought I wanted to be a pastry chef, but I didn't like the rep repetition of doing the same recipe over and over and over again. Like when I worked at that bakery, I went in every day and it was the same croissants, the same baguettes, the same cakes every single day. And I'm like, I can't imagine waking up a at like 4am and making the same thing every day. The, the thing I like about baking and cooking is trying new things, which is the perfect outlet for that. So definitely it was just a hobby at the beginning, but I just, I wanted to do it because I was living at home and had nothing else to do. Truly. I was working <laughs> at a job that got off at like 430, nothing else to do. So that's why I did that. Um, someone said, do you think you would attempt to start your blog today? And yes, if I had the passion for it, it's, it's an interesting question too, because truly my passion for developing new recipes has gone down a little bit because before when I didn't have kids and had nothing but time and love to cook, it's so fun to spend time thinking of recipes and yada, yada. But now it's like, I feel like I barely have time to do laundry, you know, like, I don't know, like the days go by so fast and I have a total of three days with both kids in school. So those are the days I need to get stuff done. And now that Instagram and TikTok and all these other things and video content is so prevalent and the thing that's seen most, I feel like that's what I have to commit time to versus developing new recipes. So I'm kind of at this place where I want to still create new recipes, but also I have so many great recipes on my blog already that I want to create content around those and help re-promote those. So my motivation and desire of why I started it is kind of different than it is today. So I feel like if I started a blog when I already had two kids, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know. It's kind of a hard question if I would start it today. Probably though, because honestly, it is such an amazing job. Like, I do what I love. I, sh I share with people on the internet what I love to do. And that's cooking, taking care of my family, thinking of fun kid recipes, family recipes, just activities to do, all kinds of stuff. Um, how we decorate our house and stuff. So it is a dream job, truly. Um, but it is really hard to get into it these days, I feel like. Like even my page views are way down than they used to be because it, the market is saturated. There's just so many food bloggers and recipe websites out there. Um, but I think if you feel like you have a certain point of view that you think people would find interesting or you think you're entertaining, why not try? Because why not, you know? Oh my God, what was that? I think a bird just hit the window. That's possible. <laughs> um, <clears throat> also, I'm going to link in the show notes, but I have um, a whole um, blog post about how I became a full-time blogger. And I have to kind of go through it and make sure everything's still relevant and links still work. <laughs> but... I mean, it goes over like what kind of, what platform I use. I use WordPress for my website and all kinds of stuff like that. Links to stuff and kind of my, my journey through it all. Um, tips on how to become I mean, successful. It started off just as a hobby, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you did you know that you would be where you're at today when you started it? No way. Oh, my gosh. Like, I... So, what, what made you decide to take pictures and write about it and post it on the internet. I think it's just because I liked following them and I thought I had good ideas too, you know? Okay. Um, Cause at the time, like I didn't even have an Instagram. It was just a website. So like my family read it, you know, like if yeah. they even read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then once I got an Instagram, it started to grow when I was like doing whole 30 stuff. Cause there was a need for that. Yeah. Um, I think that's why it's hard to grow these days because 
you need to have a niche. You need to have like a thing when you start out at least. Like that's what I got my start on like Whole30 stuff. And I wasn't really able to start doing non-Whole30 recipes and content until I had a big enough following where I was like, okay, most of the people that follow me now, you do a Whole30 for 30 days and then you live your life. You know, you you <laughs> either eat paleo, which a lot of my recipes are, or you eat a lot of meals are like that, but then you also love to have your cake and cocktails at a different time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, and I'm kind of at that point where we just have a good balance or we try to. We're always, you know, kind of going up and down <laughs> in how we eat. Um, and honestly, having two kids and wanting to cook food that they will like, but also you will like mm-hmm. is tough. It is tough. Um, I feel like it seemed easy to me when, before kids. I was like, well, yeah, they'll just eat what we eat or they won't eat. And it's like, that's true. We still say this is your dinner and eat it or not, but it's, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> um, someone said, how'd you start being a food blogger? How did you get, how do you get income from it? This is one of the biggest questions I always get. How do you make money? Um, and it's through a variety of ways, which I've talked about on here before, I think. We had think but in the previous hey, But seasons. for those who haven't yeah. heard it. Um, I'll just go through it quickly. So I make ads on my website, which is just the little ads that pop up when you go to my actual blog um instagram sponsorships partnerships is where i make most of my money these days i now have a management team that bring me stuff and i do instagram stories promoting products and i usually have a discount code so everybody wins truly (laughs) um and then i have some affiliate links that i make money through which is like i'll share a link to something and i'll make a small small portion of the the deal like I'll share something from Amazon and I'll make like a few cents off each thing. Um, And then what else? I still sell some beauty counter. I don't really talk about it too much, but beauty counter, I um, use their products and and basically an affiliate through them. So I make a percentage of sales with that. Am I missing something? That's pretty much it. Um, Like I said, sponsorships are the biggest by far portion. Um, and hopefully we'll get some sponsors on the podcast sometime. <laughs> yeah. So if you're a, a brand listening, feel free to reach out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is kind of how I make money. Do you have any questions for me while I scroll through these? Um, which, which route did you go first? I mean, because you, you just had the internet site, right? Mm-hmm. And then at what right. point did you say, oh, I can make money off of this so where did you start? Did you right. reach out to a company? Mm-hmm. Did How did you go about even getting ads to begin with? Was yeah. there a threshold like you need to meet X amount of page views a month in order for this company? Like how, that is mind blowing to me. Yeah. Of where, where do you start if you have this, this website? What do you do next? Yeah. So I started back in the day, there was Google AdSense. I don't even know if that's still a thing. I think it's like Google Ads now. And anyone can use Google Ads. And then I also had Gourmet Ads, which was like for food bloggers or something. I don't know if that's around anymore. Um, But both of those were ones that you could don't have to meet a requirement to have. and But you did not make much money off them. I made like $5 a month or something total. Um, Of course, my page views weren't that big either. So there's that. But um, I used those and that was a lot of just Googling how to do things because I had to copy and paste code and certain things. And it's all of that still is confusing to me. I have people do all that stuff for me now because I'm not an expert. Um, but once I think I got over like 100,000 page views a month, I was able to use Ad Thrive, which is my ad company and they do everything for me which is amazing they have access to all my back-end stuff so they go in and put the ads where they need to go um every few months they're like hey we can add these here or do this to optimize usually i say no because of course they would like me to have ads like everywhere but i take them off like people were saying oh there's ads on the when you print go to print the recipe there's ads on that page and so now it prints in like six pages And I'm like, oh, I don't like that. I'm going to take that off. So I took off that ad because the experience of being able to print my recipes easily is much more important to me than making a few extra bucks. Um, So I kind of go through and do that. But that's how I started making money. Because I remember the first month I did Ad Thrive, it was like 
we had like a hundred dollars that month and i was like oh my gosh i'm a millionaire <laughs> I, I remember that <laughs> like i was like i can't because i think i went from like five dollars to a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and i was like that's it this is big money yeah i just saw the potential um and then when i started working with companies i have to shout out my girl lee from fit foodie finds she her and the healthy maven davida they both had this like i followed them and they had this like blogger I don't know if it was like a course or something. I forget exactly what it was. But basically, if you're a blogger, you could sign up to learn stuff about them or learn stuff from them about making money blogging. And so they told you how to update your media kit and make it look really good, which I don't even use a media kit anymore because my manager does all that stuff. But a media kit is basically a resume for a blogger. So you go, you write out your social followings, your page views, a little tidbit about you, some photography samples, all that kind of stuff. And you send it to brands with your rates. Um, And at the time, I didn't know my rates because I'm like, I'm new to this. I don't know. So I remember I reached out to a few companies and Lee from Fit Foodie Finds said, like, just aim high. All they can do is say, what about this? Give you a different number or say, they could say no, you know? But I knew I didn't want to because I had done some stuff for people for just product, just like the company will send me their product and I'll do a sponsored thing. And I was like, I want to make money. Anyway, so I remember I reached out to Tessie Mays, the salad dressing and stuff company, because I was using them a bunch. And I was like, oh, that'd be amazing. And I said um, my rate was $300 for a blog post, which included all the high quality photos and yada, yada. And they responded, yeah, that sounds great. And I fell off my chair because I could not believe someone was going to pay me $300 to do what I love to do. Like what? Like Yeah, to cook with, you know, use their product in something you're cooking, which yeah. we were doing anyways. Exactly. And like to, it was just a dream. I was so excited. And then I got another thing that like, remember that Nakano rice vinegar? Mm-hmm. I worked with them yep. and they paid me $300. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm making money. And then I started to make more and more off page views um, through ads. And then my sweet potato toast recipe blew up. Was it that or was it the spaghetti squash chow mein? Sweet potato. I think the sweet potato toast was first. I don't know. Actually, I put out the sweet, the spaghetti squash chow mein and it still is one of my highest viewed posts, but it wasn't like viral like the sweet potato toast yeah. was. It did well, but it wasn't like crazy viral. Um, and so when that happened, I got a huge spike in page views, which led to a, a bump in my... Um, in my ad income. And then that led to me being able to get more sponsorships because I had more page views and yada, yada. Um, and yeah, quickly, I think that, I don't think that all happened in one year. I think in 2015 was the year I first got paid at all. And then by the end of 2015, I started growing my Instagram. And so into 2016, I was making more and more money every month. And then I remember the fall of 2016 is when I first did like a whole 30 recipes takeover. So then I got to like 10,000 followers or something. Is that what happened? Well, because 2016, you went on the Dr. Oz show. Yeah. Because I finished medic school. Yeah. And we went on the trip. Yeah. So maybe I was at like 20 something thousand. I don't remember exactly. It was October. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. October, November. So then, because uh, I remember when I went to the Dr. Oz show, I like put in my two weeks, like right when I came back. <laughs> it was like I did this thing and then I came back and I'm like, I'm out of here. Because um, yeah, I got to like 50 something thousand dollars of income in a month, which was insane. No, not in a month, in a year. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say in a month. Whoa. <laughs> my monthly income was like the same or more than I get in my paychecks. You know? Mm-hmm. I think it was like, I got like five grand. I don't know. Um, so it was very exciting. And I'll never forget that because I like all I wanted for the last like two years before that was to do it on my own. And it seemed like something I was always watching pe- other people do. Like Lee from Fit 55, she's like a year younger than me. And I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. Like I had yeah. her always looking up to like I, if she, and she was always, always encouraging me, telling me I could do it. So I just was like, that's all I want to do. I would see her stories or whatever of her just cooking and being at home and talking about stuff. And I was like, it's honestly a dream. Can you imagine? And looking back on those times, what a time to be alive. No kids, (laughs) just working for yourself from home, doing whatever, like so much time just to commit to creating. Um, It was such a good time. And so that's like really how it got started. And honestly, after 
working so hard on nights and weekends, I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually work during normal work hours now and have a life again. Because I really didn't have a life. Like I didn't see my friends. I, it was just us in Long, we were living in Long Beach at the time. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of money at the time either. So we like yeah, didn't I was working go out much. An ambulance company making eight, nine dollars an hour. Yeah. Working fifty six plus hours a week on average at least. Which is another reason why I kind of had to have while well, I had my full time job, working on the blog wasn't just like, oh, I want to make my full time job. It was like we need extra income. Yeah. So that, it was like that was another thing multiple too. motivation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause honestly, this day and age, like to get to ha- make time to do that stuff, it means staying up late and getting up early and working on weekends, and it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is a good like in the middle question. Someone said, "Would either of you quit your jobs to become a stay-at-home parent?" No. <laughs> uh, I've thought about it. Really? Yeah, like if 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 this family needed me to quit my job, like absolutely needed it. And we need, I mean, that would mean that you would be able to, you know, make enough money for the entire family. Yeah. Then yes. Really? Like mm-hmm. what you said, if we absolutely needed it, but would you want to, like if you could stay at your job or you could quit? No, I couldn't quit. Yeah. You love it. <laughs> and honestly, truly and honestly, we need your job because Matt is the one who has the insurance and the pension and the all, retirement, all that stuff. I mean, I'm, have retirement too but it's like it's so important like your job not only like do you you really do love your job which we'll get to yes but i we use the insurance truly is there's a lot of benefits that come with my job that being self-employed you have to do yourself yeah (laughs) like health insurance the retirement funds all that stuff yeah access to other benefits as well yeah, there's, so there's a, a lot. There's a ton of stuff that my job provides, which is awesome. Yeah, that you being self-employed, it works out. You have to do it all yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, also, someone said, "Did you do something before blogging?" Which I didn't mention. What I did, I um, my job before I quit was a recruiter at an ad agency. So I hired people. I did love it, and I've always thought to myself, if the internet shuts down, if being a blogger stops working out, if I stop making money, I know if I need a job, I can be a recruiter again. I know what to do. I can tap back into that pretty easily. And there's a need for it usually. Um, so that's kind of always in my back pocket. Of course, I'd love to do this forever, but I don't know how it's going to turn out. You always have to be ready to like, for things just not to work out, you know? Yeah. Um, someone said to be a successful blogger, you need to be blank. And I'm going to fill that in with consistent. Okay. So to, in order to be a successful food blogger, you need to be consistent. consistent. Okay. And that just means showing up every day at the beginning when I first was like really trying to make money and doing a ton, like I was talking about, I posted three new recipes a week, which is insane. Looking back on it, like I do not have that kind of time. I can barely do one a week. <laughs> Um, three a week is a lot. It was a ton. Um, but I was consistent about three every week. And then when I figured that I couldn't be consistent with three a week, I went to two a week, but I, it was consistent. Like people knew what to expect sort of thing. Um, and now for for me showing up, it's being on Instagram stories. It's posting a a new reel or recipe a few times a week. You know, Mm -hmm. like I know if I just stop posting, views will go down. Instagram doesn't like when you leave it, you know, and it's, that's just a really important thing. Um, someone said, do you worry about your job becoming obsolete? Yes, of course. Like I mentioned, like I totally think about that. Like there's a possibility of either Instagram shutting down or something like that, or just people not being interested in anymore. Like, you know, like I hope that doesn't happen, but I think it could. And if that happens, I'll figure something else out. I don't want my life to be dictated. Are you constantly kind of thinking about okay, what's the next platform? Because let's let's be honest, the OG social media was MySpace, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe there was something before that, but what we grew up with was Friendster MySpace. Um, totally. Yeah, and then that evolved into everybody leaving MySpace and jumping onto Facebook, mm-hmm. and then now, I mean. 
I don't put, I don't really post anything ever, but like, <laughs> it's so rare that I'm I on don't Facebook. I on Facebook, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are moving away from Facebook the same way they did MySpace. Mm-hmm. And so now is Instagram the next Facebook where it it's going to be. be starting to phase out? And then what's or, the next platform? Or I feel like it's a thing where like, I think older generation is still on Facebook because they know how to use it. They don't want to change. <laughs> and we, the millennials, are the Instagram generation and the Gen Zers are the TikTok. So like, I feel like as millennials, we will stay on Instagram. And the and I think already Gen Zers are like TikTok or um, Instagram is lame, you know? So it's like staying where people are. Obviously, I have the most followers on Instagram. So staying right. there is important. But for a long time, I was like, I don't want to get into TikTok. I like to watch them, but I don't want to be on there. Like, I just feel like it's ridiculous. And like, it's hard to grow a new platform to go on a platform where you have like no followers to try to be engaging and get people over there, which now I've told people on Instagram, like, go follow me on TikTok. If you're on there, please. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I try to post different stuff on TikTok than it's on my Instagram, but it's also hard because now I have to make double the content. Um, But I'm just starting to get more followers on TikTok because of this dang massage story I told, which is so funny because I had a funny story to me. It was funny about my experience at this like Chinese foot massage place. And I, it's not just a foot massage, place. it is a, but it's like, that's it like, is a massage. They place. do everything. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, that's like a category. I think like people know what you're talking about when they say that. Cause they oh. specialize in foot massages, I guess. Gotcha. Anyways. So, Honestly, I told the story as if I'm telling it on Instagram stories, like I'm talking to people that know me and follow me. But yeah. of course, TikTok throws it out to people that do not follow you. <laughs> and I got on the wrong side of TikTok because people are commenting the most insane things and just being like rude, obviously, because yeah. they're like, and honestly, it's not a good story. It's not like a beginning, middle, end story. It's just like a funny anecdote story. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, this is a horrible story. What's the point? Uh, uh, uh. Like they're hating on me, <laughs> which of course I can laugh off because I know it's these people that don't know me and like right. you know whatever yeah i don't care but um it's not the that's first the time thing you've about, had a negative comment right right <laughs> and that's just the thing about tiktok though it's like they are gonna throw it in front of people and they're gonna like it or they're not and they're gonna tell you um but i'm trying to grow over there because yeah you have to stay up with the new things like when reels came out i was like okay i gotta jump on this because it's easy to be like oh my gosh no i've just finally started working on my photography like i don't want to now have to figure out video and all editing and all this stuff but it's like you gotta that's the name of the game when it comes to social media and like if you don't get on it they're gonna leave you behind because <laughs> i saw something too it's like if these platforms come up with new things like when stories came around or when reels come around and instagram has now put all this money into making reels a thing so they want you to use it of mm-hmm. course they're going to prioritize it because they've put in all this work towards it um i'm i might Go to you. I have other questions, but maybe we'll switch over to you. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it sounds good. We can switch over to me. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to start off with a few questions for you before I jump into other people's questions. Um, when did you decide you wanted to be a firefighter paramedic? Uh, it was my senior year of college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And we both played water polo at UCLA. And, you know, I wasn't going to go professional and play overseas that didn't um i just didn't that wasn't for me yeah and i knew i wasn't going to be on the olympic team or anything like that so it's kind of like well what do you do now (laughs) i went Mm -hmm. to school for four years majored in sociology i mean how many sociologists do you meet out and about you know (laughs) (laughs) so i had no idea what i wanted to do and then um the what would you say the athletics department yeah. And put on this uh, career fair and there was a whole bunch of different former UCLA student athletes that came by just to talk about their careers. I mean, we're talking uh, people who worked for ad agencies, uh, an insurance salesman. Um, a, uh, there was a gentleman who did something with the Clippers, like with PR stuff for the Clippers. And then there was a, a firefighter and I remember talking to some like nonprofit organization people and then sat down with this firefighter and here he is. He, everybody's business casual, right? But everybody's kind of in blazers and, you know, button up shirts and dress pants. And here's this fireman khakis and a, and a, a button up short sleeve plaid collared shirt, you know, so he fit the business casual, you know, Yeah. <laughs> but he was the most laid back 
confident, not cocky, but just, you could tell he just really loved his job. And hearing his story, he gave up being a lawyer to become a firefighter. And the things that he was describing about what he gets to do and this and that really just kind of struck a chord with me. So um, I was like, okay, this might, this definitely interests me, but like, when you when you're in high school and you take those like aptitude tests and whatnot, <laughs> yeah. you know that we've all taken. Firefighting did not come up at yeah. all for me. <laughs> I wonder if it was even in there. Uh, yeah, you know? I I don't no idea. Yeah. So I ended up walking over to a fire station by school, and it was an LA City fire station, and I dressed nicely, like I wasn't a slob or anything, but I was just kind of like walked in the backyard and was like, Hey guys, what's going on? And they were cleaning and maintaining their wooden ladders looking back on it. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. They're probably doing undercarriage or something like that. But I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Like, you know, Whoa, what is going on? And, um, I'm like, Hey, I, I'm thinking about this career. Like just wanted to come by and see what it was all about. And I honestly don't remember too much of the conversation that I had, but what I do remember is that everybody was doing something, there were a couple guys in the kitchen making dinner. There were a couple guys cleaning the ladders. There were a couple guys cleaning off the engine. And I remember looking around going like, oh, everybody, this is just t- totally a team job. Mm-hmm. Like th- that's what I want out of that's my career. Knew. Yeah. And, th- and I just love being around like-minded people and getting a job done and like having a goal and accomplishing that goal together. Good, bad, or indifferent, you know, hey, we're together. So um, looking around saying, wow, this is really pretty cool. And then they asked me to stay for dinner. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not staying for dinner. Like, this is so awkward. Like, I don't know how to act. But that was so nice. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that here these career firefighters are like opening up their station to some random college kid who just walked in the backyard. It was very like, this is actually really cool. Well, I you think know? too, it was awesome. You did that a lot. You would go visit fire stations and talk to people and learn about stuff. And Well, after that, yeah. Yeah. You know, I started becoming more curious of like, okay, well, where do you start? How do you start working towards it? What exactly does this job entail? You know, because the only exposure I had was some TV stuff and not even much TV stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, it was completely kind of unknown. So I knew that I had to do a bunch of research about it. And talk to people. And luckily, um, there was a guy I was roommates with. He was like, hey, there's a former UCLA water polo player who works for Orange County Fire Authority. I have his number. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah, sure. So ended up calling him. He goes, hey, come by my station. You can do a ride along. And so I went there and um, did my first ride along. And it was pretty cool because even though we were at different points in our lives, you know, he's at the time he, he's a captain now, but he is a a paramedic firefighter. And here I am senior year of college. And we had this common ground, like we didn't know each other beforehand, Mm -hmm. but I knew his brother because his brother coached us. And so just this mutual respect for each other of like, Hey, yeah, like we both played it at UCLA. So we know it's just, it was just kind of weird. He already knows you're a hard worker. Yeah, exactly. And so he took me to the station and showed me everything. And again, more of the team aspect of things. Everybody's got their job to do. And, you know, we had two calls, but nothing crazy. Yeah. (laughs) But seeing how everything about it was like, whoa, this is, yeah, this has got me written all over it. Yeah. And so then I started going down that path of, okay, well, I'm talking to, this firefighter, this was his experience. And then you start, well, what about other people? And then, you know, everybody's got their two cents of, well, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And so, yeah, I started working on my EMT to get my hours because you need a certain amount of EMT hours to go to paramedic school. And then also thinking, okay, well, I got to go to a fire academy. Now I got to take more classes for both of those like prerequisites. Cause I'm sitting there going, I have my bachelor's degree from UCLA. Like, what do you mean I need to take classes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then like, no, you, okay, you, you got to go through fire academy. So you have to take X amount of classes about and fire behavior. fire academy? What do you learn there? Um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? What do you learn in fire academy? Like how long is it? What's the deal? Uh, so fire academy typically is a, a semester. So here in Southern California, 16 weeks was my fire academy. And you learn 
it's it's called a basic fire academy or the basics of firefighting now that's not just putting water on a fire it's also about the protective equipment that you wear um operations you know this is how you manipulate a fire hose this is a fire nozzle and the all the operations and tactics that are involved with it forcible entry um reasons why you see firefighters go to a roof to cut a hole in a roof is to let all that smoke fire and heat up and out and you create a chimney so that way the guys on the hose go in and can put the fire out so that that's all the stuff that you learn in basic fire academy um wildland firefighting which is different than structural firefighting and rescue operations like people who are stuck down in remote places mm-hmm. so all, you learn the basics of all do you of that. do like car accident stuff then too yeah so vehicle extrication uh stabilization you know and learning about all these tools that go along with it yeah <laughs> so um and the physical aspect of it too so yeah it was intense it was fun my body hurt yeah <laughs> and then yeah i finished that well should i talk about my career path yeah do this oh, okay the whole all right thing, so yeah think, so yeah. i got hooked doing that ride along and then they were all saying like hey you need to become an emt first become an emt that's your best bet I'm like okay perfect emt it is so then i started working for an ambulance company that did about 80 percent 911 calls that was contracted with um, the fire department and 20 percent inter-facility transports which you're basically a taxi with a gurney <laughs> and you have to get all this paperwork and it's really not emergent. You're not learning how really to be a paramedic during those, but you can kind of talk to people, you know, it, it's just different. Like I learned a lot and learned that that's, that job was not for me. <laughs> yeah. And can I just say, I, I didn't know until you started doing all this stuff that EMTs and paramedics were different. Like I literally thought they were the same thing when i was younger uh there's still emergency medical technicians Mm -hmm. it's just a different uh scope of practice if you will so emt basics um are not allowed well in california they're not allowed to give medications start ivs or do certain procedures when you're an emt paramedic that's when you're able to do more stuff you can start ivs you can administer medications uh, iv fluids you can insert advanced airways um you're interpreting ekgs and kind of deciding what facility the patient needs to go to to best uh serve the patient's needs so yeah that was kind of it so you have to most paramedic schools require about a thousand hours of emt experience before you can apply to a paramedic school paramedic school is about nine ish months where you're learning about the medications, the anatomy and pathophysiology of diseases and ailments and medications, pharmacology, um, trauma, anything and everything between there crammed into really three months of in-classroom learning. Mm -hmm. And then you do about two-ish months of being in a hospital where you're starting IVs, you're kind of doing assessments and helping out the nursing staff. Um, I was lucky enough to be at a trauma center. So I was helping out with traumas that were coming in, but where paramedic school, (laughs) it gets really tough is your internship. Mm -hmm. Internship is the last three months or so where you are so inexperienced, you know, all this book knowledge and you've been in the hospital starting IVs and been in a hospital, a controlled environment doing all these things. And then you get to internship where you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're just not used to being in somebody's house or on the street or in an alleyway with low lighting, having to make decisions at two o'clock in the morning. And Mm -hmm. it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. So internship was, like I said, about, about three ish months and you're operating under the paramedic, your um, preceptors, and they're supposed to be educating you and making sure you're up to par to be an entry-level paramedic. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate enough to have a great crew. Um, Those two guys were awesome. Um, They were tough, 
but realistically tough. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't, they obviously a holes. Yeah. They, they, well, I mean, they, they were, <laughs> well, you, <laughs> you got to have thick skin if you're going to be in a, in, in, in the fire service. Yeah. But it's, it's because you need to be as close to perfect as humanly possible mm-hmm. because you, you can't make those mis- You can't really make mistakes when somebody's life is on the line, Yeah, you know? So, um, that's what their expectation was. And so they were getting me to that level that they wanted. So came with some tough love, but we also yeah. had a, a lot of fun too. Yeah. So that so, was nine months total. Yes. And so when you started off, you didn't know you had to be a paramedic to be a firefighter, but then it was hard to get a job, right? Right. So your bigger departments and you gotta, for those who are thinking about pursuing the career, there's different departments require different things all over this, the country. So one department could require, Hey, you just got to be 18 with a driver's license and you can potentially get hired. Or there's other departments who they want you to have paramedic license. They want you to have a bachelor's degree. They want you to have EMT cert. They want you to have previous fire fighting experience. They want you to be certified in low angle remote rescue operations. They want you to be swift water certified. They want you all these yeah. certs that you can get through certain classes and whatnot. So there's a wide range of who will hire you. So during this whole time, uh, when I decided I want to become a firefighter, I was applying anywhere and everywhere I could. So it was working for the ambulance company. Okay. Now I have my EMT cert that, you know, as a, as a resume booster, Yeah, it helps. I mean, everybody's got their EMT now, but yeah. <laughs> so it was EMT school working for the ambulance company. And then I worked there for about a year or so. And then I went to fire Academy. So that was 16 weeks. Um, got done with fire Academy, realized I needed a job. <laughs> so I went back to the ambulance company. Yeah, let's go back to when you're in fire Academy, you're not working. Correct. So I am supporting us. Yes. With the blog. With the, well, yeah. At, the, at that time, mm-hmm. I was kind of just it's getting the starting, blog going. Yeah. So and, uh, that extra money that you were making was helping us out. And yeah. granted, we weren't married at the time. Yeah. We were still, but we knew we were going to get married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we knew it was all for the greater good of you getting, becoming a firefighter one day. Right, exactly. So um, it was back to the ambulance company for about another year. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, we got married during that time. Mm-hmm. And then I went to paramedic school. Then after paramedic well, school. that's nine months of paramedic school of me really ramping the blog up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So... Um, nine months of paramedic school. And then after I got my paramedic licenses, when I started getting further in these processes, I was getting into chiefs interviews. Hey, we're going to put you to backgrounds. And then I finally decided on, well, the department I currently work for got to me first. Yeah. You are going through the process with three different people at that time, right? Uh, yeah, I was going through with, with three different departments. And so, um, looking back on it, like I'm very happy with, with where I'm at, um, I love what I do. It, it was very challenging mentally those five years yeah. that it took me to get hired. Well, yeah. Because I was constantly hearing no, no, no. And I'm sitting there going like, I'm a, I'm a Division One student athlete from a pretty good university. What, what else do you need? Yeah. You know, but then looking back on it, yeah, I was a naive Mm-hmm. student one athlete there's yeah. uh, division one student athlete i didn't know what was going on i needed yeah. to be in those classes and learn and realize like hey you still have to go through all these hurdles yeah. like everybody else and it made it that much sweeter once you got hired oh yeah totally and i think about the fact that i have had my blog for almost 10 years right so the first five years of that was you being an emt being a um, going through paramedic school, going through fire academy, all that stuff, trying to get hired at every point in between mm-hmm. there. Yep. Then you get hired. So now it's been five years of you working there. Yep. And man, it feels so good on this side. Cause like literally <laughs> for five years, I was just trying to get my blog going and you were trying to get hired and we were oh, paycheck to paycheck. Struggle. We were so stressed out. Yeah. And it was like, we kept saying like, it'll be worth it one day. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. And it is now. Yay. But I will tell you that was five years of pure stress. Oh yeah. But for, Everybody. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Because how many times was it like, oh, how'd the interview go? Oh, I th- it went all right. And then, you know, you get the phone call. Oh, sorry. We're, we've are we decided to go on with other candidates. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. I spent all this time preparing and learning. 
about this department and going and doing station visits and mock interviews and real interviews and it was, recruit yeah. meetings for a department you're not even hired with yet. And then it turns out that you drive to that department, waste a good three hours to not get hired. And you're just like banging your head up against the wall. Like why, why, why? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get hired. And that was one thing. So I got hired as a paramedic after a paramedic school. Um, just only a paramedic at AMR Riverside. It's a different uh, EMS system out there than uh, where I currently work. So um, I hated it. I hated it because (laughs) (laughs) for so many different reasons, which we will not get into. So absolutely not liking that situation. Then I get hired by my current department. And during my current department's um, training tower, I'll never forget. I was standing on top of the hose bed tired as all get out we had been in our ppe our turnouts which can with our air bottles it can be about 40 to 50 pounds ish depending um so all day working hard there was a breeze coming through it's about 3 30 i'm loading hose into the into the bed of the engine and i'm looking around at these guys who i really liked like we all got along and i'm like this is awesome yeah <laughs> not sitting on an ambulance in a in a parking lot hating life like this is this is really cool yeah this is all this is what it's all been about yeah. and then you know made it through the tower made it through probation and here i am so awesome <laughs> i'm gonna go through some of the questions people yeah, have for you yeah sorry that was kind of long-winded no it's great there's history. a lot that goes into it and i yeah. think it's interesting for people to find out how much goes into it you yeah, know and some people you come across oh yeah I got, this department was my the first department i applied for like mm-hmm. okay cool lucky Good for you but you also don't understand the struggle <laughs> yeah yeah um someone said matt any advice for a rookie firefighter my son is in training now Oh boy. Um, advice for rookies is to always be busy, not just like with mundane cleaning things, but like with learning, um, always be asking questions when it's appropriate and trying to learn from those around you and books, videos, just always be learning. Yeah. I feel like every time you've had a rookie who isn't constantly trying to do something, you're like, these this guy's a slacker or whatever you know it's like you kind of have to you know that you're a rookie and show people you're there to work yeah yeah um you'd want to be seen but not heard (laughs) and that means you always want to be the first one up to do dishes the first one that's going to do a dirty job the first one that's going to fix something the first one you you just want to be that guy who's such a go-getter with everything because it shows those around you like hey this guy cares and wants to be here and wants to learn and has a good attitude that it's kind of a give and take because if you make mistakes, you get a little bit more leeway with it because like, Oh well, yeah, he made this mistake, but he was also busting his chops with this other thing earlier. So yeah, I understand. Whereas if you're not doing that and you make mistakes over and over again, it's like, well, what have you been doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So good advice. I like it. Um, someone said, I don't know, someone said you've spoken on supporting during firefighter training. How did you decide on mutual budgets? I feel like that question maybe is like, how did you decide? Like if I'm, if I was supporting us, how did we spend money? But honestly, like we were broke. We, we, whatever money we made went to paying our mortgage. We owned a condo at the time Uh and gas and groceries. It went to the necessities. We didn't buy anything special. We rarely ever went out anywhere to eat. We just... It was one of those times. We yeah. were on a very tight budget. Exactly. I mean, shoot, we cut the cable and we were just had Netflix and that was it. Yeah. We had paid for internet. Yeah. Electricity, water, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> um, someone also said, "How do you manage an alternative schedule as a fi- of the wait schedule of a firefighter as a family?" Oh, it's tough. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have our set schedule that I know I will be working for however long I'm going to be on my shift. Mm -hmm. So I could tell you in four years from now what days I'll be working. Yeah. But that's assuming I stay on the same shift. Um, But 
we also are able to go available to work overtime days for guys that need a day off. Like recently, um, one of the guys I actually went through the tower with, he's like, Hey man, can you work Monday for me? Because it's my son's birthday. And I'm like, Hey Kelsey, do we have anything going on on Monday? And she was like, ah, no. I go, okay, cool. I'm going to work for him, which is great for him because he gets to spend that time with his son on his birthday. Mm -hmm. And it turns out they went to Universal Studios and they went to um, the Harry Potter land. Oh, yeah. He goes, dude, it was really cool. So I'm like, awesome. Like hearing that stuff as as a dad, I understand like, hey, man, you need to be there at certain times with your kids. So, yeah, I'll work for you. And we also have this agreement like, hey, he's going to work for me on another day that I need you know, yeah, exactly. to spend time with my family. So, yeah. um, and then we also get forced to work. Like sometimes there are vacancies that, you know, some guys would normally pick up for overtime, but somehow it didn't get picked up. And so then the department says, Hey, you're forced to work this day. I'm like, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a part of, um, what I signed up for. Like we knew about this aspect of the job when, when we, when I first decided that. Right. And I was kind of used to the weird schedule from you being an EMT for so many yeah. years. It's kind of all we knew. Like you never worked a nine to five. So I never experienced that with you. Right. Um, but I mean, we're in the, in the good swing of things. Like I kind of know what to expect. Last week was rough. Like you worked five out of six days and like, it's, it's sad when you're gone. It's sad for both of us. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm gone from kids, you house duties that need to get done. Like I'm, gone yeah and like it's a beautiful day and i'm like i wish she was here we could like, yeah. enjoy ourselves together <laughs> um but like we said in the therapy episode me being in a good mental space really makes it a lot easier to deal with his schedule because when i'm not in a good space and he has to like work all these forced overtimes it's really hard on me but um we're good right now we're good yeah the and worst then, the worst phone calls i've had to make are the morning of i'm supposed to be coming home and i call and say sorry sweetheart I got ordered in. I got to yeah. stay at work. Yeah. Cause it's another 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's late notice too. Cause you're anticipating me being home. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. When he's home, he'll do this, this and this, you know, dealing with the kids. And it's like, Oh, sorry, honey, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. It's so, rough. Um, someone asked what rank is he as a firefighter and how long did he stay at his first rank before ranking up? My husband's a firefighter. So just wondering what Matt did. Uh, so I got hired as a paramedic firefighter. So I have stayed at the same rank if you will, since I've gotten hired, um, we have different steps, but that's a a pay related thing. Um, our department goes off of higher date for rank or from, you know, seniority, if you will. So Mm -hmm. I'm just at the rank of firefighter paramedic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we do have regular firefighters who do not have uh, their paramedic license, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm a higher rank Right. Than somebody else. And then engineers next. Yes. Yep. Um, okay. That's like most of the questions people had, but I thought it'd be fun if we quickly wrap it up by saying what is our favorite and least favorite parts of our jobs? Do you want to go first or you want me to? Uh, yeah. I'm going to start off with the least favorite because I don't, yeah. I'd rather leave it on the happy note. Yeah. Um, the, the least, my least favorite part about the job is, um, gosh, <laughs> It's being away from the family. Mm-hmm. That's that's tough. And we knew that I was going to be away from family, but sometimes it, it gets it gets rough when you're like, man, I really wish I could be there for this event, but I got to work. Don't worry. I won't let yeah. Milo walk for the first time without you. Okay, I'll push him down. <laughs> um, so that's the least part, favorite part, is just being away from certain times or during certain things. Um, the favorite, my favorite part of the job is like being around good guys. Like I really do like my coworkers Mm -hmm. and then getting, getting the job done, um, and really making an impact, a positive impact on, on somebody's life. Saving people's lives is a positive. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think so too. You've had a lot of saves lately. I feel like your team has, you know, um, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely a good a good portion of it. Yeah. But the day-to-day being around good people and getting a job done is one of the best parts of it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. Um, for me, my least favorite part is probably that it's always changing and you never know <laughs> 
what people are going to like and what they won't like because they like something one day, they don't like it the next day. Um, it can be discouraging to work really hard on like making a reel or making a video and they don't do well at all. And then you take five seconds to say something and post a video and it goes, does really well. And you're like, why do I put so much time into these things? <laughs> because yeah, I could take time, make content and no one looks at it. No one, com- I mean, people will look at it, but no one comments on it or likes it. And you're like, well, I'm a waste of a human and it just makes you feel bad. Like <laughs> it's hard not to take everything personally. Um, it's probably the worst part. The best part is, I mean, everything else. <laughs> the fact that I get to create content about my life and share it with people and people actually seem to care what I have to say. I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably one of those people. So thank you. I love you so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great things. Also the flexibility. I mean, the fact that our kids can be gone one kid three days a week, one kid four days a week, just till three. And we get that really nice balance of feeling like I'm really a part of my kid's life and with them a lot, but I'm also get to do what I love. I feel very fortunate. I know not everyone, a lot of people do not get that opportunity. So I'm very happy to, and I appreciate all of you for supporting me through it. You're the best. <laughs> uh, it's just a great day. Yeah. So I think, I think it's safe to say we both find joy in our jobs. Huh? Yes. Lots yeah. of joy. So. I mean, so grateful. Um, and again, just really grateful to everyone. If you're listening to this, just that supports us. Um, we're really excited to get back to doing this podcast and get a chance to chat. We went on our breakfast date this morning. It was lovely. Yeah, that was very nice. And then we danced <laughs> on the way home. If you want to know what song we danced to, we'll, we'll leave you with it. You're going to pull it up. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. You guys. Oh my gosh, this song came out when we were, well, it got popular when we were in college. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening. Dance it out. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at little bits of underscore real food. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. New episodes will be out every other week. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Keep, Keep it, it joyful. joyful.